from our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Papa Hotel Lima Echo November Radio Check. Papa Echo November, good afternoon, uh, Richard Five. Good afternoon, Richard Five as well, Papa Echo November. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studio center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Exxon Nation, my, hour, my guest this hour is uh, Dr. Dennis Hope. And uh, he is the founding person and heading the Lunar Embassy, and he's been doing this for the last 32 years. It's been a passion of Dr. Hope's, utilizing the abilities of the Internet. Dr. Hope has established a network of individual business people from around the world which have participated in the Ambassador and Authorized Reseller Marketing Program. Now, these are programs where the individual is required to pay a licensing fee to sell the rights of the Lunar Embassy. Uh, currently, there are eight ambassadors utilizing their exclusive rights to represent the products of the Lunar Embassy. Included in some of the developing nations, uh, Dr. Hope has established a license agreement for those. Um, you know, he has over, listen to this, 27 authorized reselling agents in the same number of countries. Joining me now is Dr. Dennis Hope. And uh, Dennis, welcome back to the X-Phone. It's been, what, seven, eight years since you were with us last? I think that's right, Rob, and thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, give us a little bit of a history on the Lunar Embassy. Well, in 1980 is when I founded the Lunar Embassy. Um, I was going through a divorce and hadn't worked in almost a year, mm. and I was trying to think what would really make me happy, and I thought if I had some property, I could mortgage part of the property, put the money in my pocket, move to Los Angeles, and get an acting career going. And when I had that thought, I looked out the car window and saw the moon and thought, there's a lot of property. Um, and then I remember auditing a political science class at Linfield College in McMinnville, Oregon in 1968, where we were studying the brand-new 1967 Outer Space Treaty. 
and I'd remembered something about nations not being able to own the lands. So I turned the car around, drove back to the local community college, went to their reference library, and looked up the Outer Space Treaty. And sure enough, Article 2 states, no nation by appropriation shall have sovereignty or control over any of the satellite bodies. And simply spoke, that means they don't have the right to create or effectively enforce laws. They can't own the land, and they have no control beyond that. So it was unowned property. Then I did a little research into private property ownership on mm -hmm. this planet since it began. Found about 196 different social organizations, cities, counties, states, countries, that have allowed citizens to claim ownership to land, but there's no standardized rules. So I just made up my own. Uh, sent a copy of my Declaration of Ownership for the Moon of Earth and the other eight planets near moons to the United Nations, along with a note stating that my intent was to subdivide and sell these properties to anybody that wanted them, and if they, the United Nations, had a legal problem with that, to please let me know. And on that note, I had never heard from them. Is it possible they just took it as a joke? Well, actually, I did my due diligence. If they so chose to do that, mm -hmm. shame on them. So we've got to take a two-minute commercial break. When we come back, more about this rather interesting and unique concept, selling property on the moon, fact or fiction. Dr. Dennis Hope is our special guest. And uh, here's his website, ExoNation. Check it out during the break, www.lunarembassy.com. That's www.lunarembassy.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com on MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv.com. And I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue talking about selling land on the moon with Dr. Dennis Hope of the Lunar Embassy. We'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break. Don't go away. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. 
For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings, slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Back to the Exxon, everyone. Dr. Dennis Hope is our special guest, and uh, he is the head cheese of the Lunar Embassy, www.lunarembassy.com. All right, uh, Dennis, you got the idea to sell property on the moon. You sent a letter to the United Nations with your intent, and you said, hey, if you've got a problem with it, let me know. You didn't receive any feedback from the United Nations for one reason or another. So what did you do then? Um, I actually went to a printer and started printing up documents so I could sell properties. Um, That was a pretty simple process. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem was there was no way to reach a global community at that time. Remember, in 1980, there were very few lap or individual computers in homes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apple had a few in colleges, but other than that, and the Internet wasn't really accessible to everybody at that point. Um, So it was a tenuous aspect of trying to market this globally at that point. So I just did it uh, word of mouth. And the first 15 years of selling properties, I sold about 100 properties a year on average. And how much are, what's the average cost to to buy a, a property on the moon? And what size is the property? Um, well, when we first started selling properties in 1980, the smallest property we would sell to the general public was 1,777.58 acres, and the cost on that was $10. Um, now, some 32 years later, mm-hmm. we've downsized the property that we sell to the general public to one acre, and the cost on it is $19.99 plus $1.51 lunar or planetary tax. $2.50 to manually put the names on the deeds, and then $12.50 to ship up to five sets of those documents anywhere in the world. So if, if you were to buy one on our website, mm-hmm. one property, anywhere on the planet, it would cost you $36.50. How much money have you made to date on this uh, project? Uh, we've grossed about $11 million doing this so far. How legal is it? It's as legal as any property is being sold by any government on this planet. Would you be able to substantiate its legality if you were taken into a U.S. court or have an action filed by the IRS? Or would your action, would your property uh, right to the moon, uh, would it stand up in an international court? Well, first of all, there's no jurisdiction actually that has the right to adjudicate against us at this particular moment. So if, there, um, if, the reason, if there's no right for any jurisdictions to adjudicate against you, how can you sell property that you have not 
that that has no jurisdiction. So what you're doing is you're selling a pie in the sky. Well, um, we're selling nothing different than any other organization on this planet sells. Well, wait a sec. If, uh, if I buy put, if I we, buy property we, if I buy property from Remax, I can go to that property, put my foot in it. You know, d- yes. d- does does isn't this compared to selling uh, selling land under the Mississippi? No. Why, Why? would it be? Um, well, yeah. there are transportation mechanisms in place right now uh-huh. that can actually get us there. The expense is too great for most individuals to do that. Uh-huh. Um, but there are also processes in place that are going to change the whole propulsion system within the next five to seven years. So getting to the properties won't be that big a problem. And there are also countries on this planet that um, when you claimed ownership to a specific piece of property, mm-hmm. uh, you were not required to actually go to the properties in order to do it. In fact, is most European royals, when they were settling this new country that, we, that I'm in right now in the mm-hmm. United States, they own properties and never set foot on it. Tell me, do you... So do, the premise is in place. Okay. So does the Lunar Embassy pay any taxes on the $11 million that's been taken in? Of course. Okay. Is, we is, pay taxes just like any other organization. All right. Is your organization a not-for-profit? No, it's a for-profit business. So how can it be a business if you're claiming embassy status? Well, we haven't claimed embassy status with any government on this planet at all. So how can um, our you... ambassadors uh-huh. are ambassadors for the Lunar Embassy, and they are uh, sellers of real estate. So basically, they're salesmen with a with a with a title. Yes, sir. Hmm. So you've sold eleven million dollars worth. You're looking at selling more. What happens if another country? decides to build on the property that you've sold to another person? Well, first of all, in order to build anything of permanence requires mm-hmm. ownership of land. The Outer Space Treaty forbids all governments that are signatories on that document from doing such. So how can you do it? I'm not a government at that. When I claimed ownership to this, I was an individual person. So why do you call um, yourself as a, an indiv- So why do you call yourself the Lunar Embassy if you're an individual person. Just by title alone, it would give one the impression that you are a governmental agency representing some government and that the purchase is being made in good faith. Well, all businesses have to have a name. Uh-huh. Our name defines what it is we do. We sell property in outer space. But isn't it and a little... we act as... But isn't that, isn't that a little misleading? Not at all. So how do you intend on enforcing any of the property rights that you have when, or if another country should in fact decide, hey, you know what, we're a real country. We're just not a make-believe fairyland company. We've landed here. We're claiming it. First of all, in, in respect to actually being on the properties, there's only a few countries that have that requirement for private property claims. The uh-huh. United States was one of them. Right. They had the Homestead Act that was from 1862 to 1979. Mm-hmm. You could claim 160 acres of land. You had to live on the land, improve it, and pay taxes on it, and it became yours after five years. But not all countries had that. Some countries you could just claim the land and just own it. Um, so there's no standardized rules for claiming a private property on this planet. So... Under that basis, the premise of law was already set in place. All right, what is the... I'm just uh, following... What is the galactic government? In 2001, I received about 163,000 separate emails from different customers around the world that wanted to know how the Lunar Embassy could protect these properties from Earth-based governments infringing on our lands. Mm -hmm. And the only conclusion I could come to was we needed to set up a democratic republic nation. So... We created the Galactic Government in 2001 with the help of a retired constitutional law professor by the name of Tim Myers. We took three years to write the Constitution. Uh-huh. Once we got it in a position that I wanted it, we put it online for our 3.7 million property owners at that time to vote yes or no for ratification. We had 173,562 votes for ratification and five votes against. 
So we really, truly are a constitutionally ratified sovereign nation. So, which which um, means that when I asked you before about being a nation, you said no. Now you are. When I started this, I was not. All right, I wasn't asking you about. We are when, also when you started. Well, I we was are also not a member of the United Nations, which you, means we are not bound by their constraints. So, what is it you're trying to do? It sounds a little hokey to me. Well, um. You know, New information often comes across as being something that's unfamiliar and scary at some basis. Um, all we're doing is following the same basic concepts that have happened on this planet since the beginning of human beings. We are adventurous in our nature. We always strike out and try and find new aspects of life, uh-huh. and space is the next frontier. And it's also, it's, also, years, it's also a way to make some quick cash using the Internet. Quick cash. I've been doing this 32 years. And it's you, not like I'm just trying to put money in my pocket and do nothing with it. But you're, you know, you've brought in 11 million dollars, and you've got eight representatives called ambassadors who are continuing to sell the property on a prop on on a celestial object. On properties that I own. Yes, that's true. I don't understand how you can claim 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 ownership on the moon. I really can't. I'm having a hard time with that. Well. The premise is simple. It's been in place on this planet since human beings have been here. Mm -hmm. Um, Governments allow people to claim ownership to lands that they have control over. Nobody has control over the moon, Mars, Venus, or any of the planetary bodies in our solar system until the galactic government ratified its constitution. When that happened, it became the governing body for all properties owned by the Lunar Embassy. So you've made this up. You've asked these people who've who've invested in lunar property, if they agree with you, they agree with you. You're calling yourself a sovereign nation. But, you know, like in the world of reality, it doesn't seem to make sense. See, and for me, it makes perfect sense. Um, Again, we're doing the same basic structural concepts for a community and a sociological paradigm change that has been done on this planet since the beginning. And it may be odd, it's just that our business is no different than any other business on this planet. Just the products we sell don't exist here. They exist in our solar system. Has anybody challenged you to date on to the authenticity of what you're doing as well as to the legality of the property that you're selling? The ambassador that I had in Australia New Zealand, Uh um, the Commerce Commission there refused to give him a license to sell our properties. Then our our attorneys wrote them a letter expressing to them that they're making an interpretation of the Outer Space Treaty, which they don't have the right to make. And based on the legal ramblings back and forth, Uh they acquiesced and allowed our ambassador to sell lands in Australia and New Zealand openly with a license. Do you have Um, plans on... We've never been challenged by any government, though, as far as our legality. All right, stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, Dr. Dennis Hope is our special guest this hour. He is the head cheese of the Lunar Embassy, www.lunarembassy.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue from our studios here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Send me your comments, fact or fiction, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. Let's play Twister, let's play Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. 
Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag, both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.whentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neath the cover of October skies And all the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow And I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heartstrings that play soft and low And all the night Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. 
Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com on MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com, and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. We're talking about the Lunar Embassy this hour. Its uh, founder and head cheese, Dr. Dennis Hope, is our special guest. Their website is www.lunarembassy.com. All right, Dennis, now, is there, do you have a, um, how did you map out the areas of the moon that are for sale? You know, did you take the entire uh, moonscape and divvy it up? Well, we haven't divvied it all up, but we have a basis by which we've created uh, subdivisions on the moon. Um, And the moon has been scrutinized by scientific investigations since 1953 Uh to the point where you can literally get a property that we sell down to a half of a 32nd of an inch in its designations. Um, Our deeds reflect the properties in the following manner with area, quadrant, lot number, latitude, longitude. So the specificity of the documentation is as accurate as we can get it. Wow. Um, I noticed you've got a you you you've now got a doctorate. What is your doctorate in? Marketing. And uh, which university? Stafford University in England. Wow! So you traveled to England, did your dissertation there, and uh, used what you learned in, during your 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 tenure as a. Uh, going through the Ph.D. process to incorporate into the lunar basis, uh, the lunar sales? Yes, yes. What was your dissertation on? Privatized ownership of planetary bodies. Wow. Um, so do you, what is the constitution of, of the galactic government? How does it, how does it work? Being a galactic government, does are there other planets that are involved as well? Everything that isn't Earth or the sun so, so you mean that you people own Mars, Venus, Jupiter? My claim of ownership in 1980 with the United Nations was for the moon of Earth and the other eight planets and their moons. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, I've never had a challenge of my ownership by any government on the planet. Well, maybe it's because they don't I have a number it. of individuals yeah. that tell me I can't do this, but it's merely their opinion against my opinion. What happens, hypothetically here, all right? You're challenged in a court of law. You lose. What happens well, to all the property? What happens to all the property you've sold? And well, since- it's kind of a loaded question. Obviously, that there would be problems with the properties that we have sold uh-huh. based on that particular question. Um, what happens if we go to court and I win? Well, I, I you know personally, I don't see that happening. I think that. The odds in favor of you winning are considerably less than you losing, but that's only my opinion. Uh, I understand that. And again, we've been doing this 32 years. We have politicians in every government on the planet that are property owners from the Lunar Embassy. That's scary. And we have never had a challenge of our claim of ownership by any of them. Well, you know, there's also a company that sells alien abduction insurance. And, you know, like I know people who have bought the the policies for $10 for a lifetime and have the certificate up in their in their recreational room in their homes, and they know darn well that even if they were abducted by aliens, they'd never have a claim to it. Uh, so who owns, the, who owns the, uh, the Sea of Tranquility? I do. Oh, geez, that's surprising. Uh, do, you also, do you also claim uh, ownership to the remains of the Apollo craft that is there? All governments that have landed equipment on the moon uh-huh. have abandoned that equipment. So it goes to the rightful owner of the properties, which is the Lunar Embassy and myself. How do you intend on retrieving your property? Well, in um, 2008, the Galactic Government patented the first ever anti-gravitic propulsion system. Uh-huh. We've been working on it since 2008. We've got the theoretical aspect of this propulsion system complete. We're now working on the practical applications of it. And with that practical application, the problem that we've run into is being able to throttle the mechanism. Um, We think that based on current trends and scientific investigative policies, within five years we'll have this problem licked. Then we'll put that engine into a craft that will hold up to 400 people or equipment 
send it to the moon, and we can literally make a trip from here to the moon in 30 minutes. In 30 minutes? Yes, sir. How come you can do this and NASA can't? Well, you'd have to ask NASA that question. I don't know how to answer for them. Well, if you're saying that you can actually go from Earth to the moon in 30 minutes, and here you've got NASA who, you know, is at the forefront of the American space pioneering industry, and you've also got countries like Russia, India, China, who have to take uh, solid rocket fuel boosters in order to break Earth's uh, orbit. You know, I'm, I'm sure the question comes up, well, where did you get this technology? Well... There are a lot of people on this planet that don't subscribe to NASA, the ESA, or any of the other space agencies on the planet, but Uh they are bright, intelligent, scientific individuals that want to do something that has a possible uh, changing of the way we look at space and or traveling to it. Um, We have six scientists right now that are working for us on a full-time basis. Are these uh, people who are on your payroll, on the government's payroll? Yes. So how many employees does the galactic government actually have? Well, right now we have uh, nine of 11 cabinet members for the galactic government. I'm currently the elected president. I probably won't run in the next election. Mm. Um, We have a vice president, and that's what we have currently for the galactic government. How much do you guys get paid by the government? Well, at this particular moment, since we... In 2008 also, Mm -hmm. um, we developed a currency based on helium-3 reserves on the surface of the moon. So so you're also not not only taking the property, but you're taking all the mineral rights as well and all the the fines beneath the surface. I own the land, so why wouldn't I? Uh, I mean, if I'm the owner of the property, Uh then the mineral rights are mine to begin with, so I'm not taking anything. All I did is file a claim of ownership, started a business, Uh and if people around the world didn't want to buy the property... I wouldn't have a business. You see, I'm I'm having a problem because you're calling it a government. You're calling it a business. You're calling it an enterprise. It is a government. Well, what the hell is it then? Is it a government or is it your business? Is it your business or is it the government? Listen, the Lunar Embassy is a retail outlet selling properties in outer space. The galactic government is the governing body for those planetary bodies. Okay. Is there a fixed street address where people can actually go to buy this property and to see their members of the galactic government? Well, we don't have a basis by which they can see each other at this particular moment. Um, When our new website gets up at the end of this year, they will be able to, but right now they can't. So there's no street address. Um, There's there's no fixed building. Yes, there is. It's 1329 U.S. Highway 395 North, Suite 10-281, Gardnerville, Nevada, 89410. All right. So this is basically the, 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 the location of the Galactic Embassy here on Earth. That is the headquarters for the Lunar Embassy and the Galactic Government. So, all right, how often do the members of your parliament meet? Uh, we meet once a month, and they're from all over the world, so we do it on Skype. Geez, you'd think if you guys could get from the Earth to the moon in 30 minutes, you'd use a better communication system than Skype. Well, we can't. Again, this is a propulsion system that the theoretical aspect has been completed. We know it will work. We're working on the practical applications. We can't get there yet. If we could, we'd be going back and forth already. Hmm. So how, you know, It's like, a process like anybody else's. What about the radiation uh, dangers uh, going through the Van Allen belts and the other radioactive uh, components that even NASA worries about. How are you people going to compensate for that? Well, I don't know that we're going to compensate for it other than we'll put in every protective device that we can possibly create Uh to make sure that all human beings transporting themselves from here to any planetary body are as safe as possible. So what happens if somebody isn't a landowner uh, who hasn't purchased land from you, and uh, they decide to land on the moon. Are there going to be consequences for them? Are they going to have to clear lunar customs? Do they have to pay a landing fee? And if so, to who? I guess the easiest way to answer that, Rob, is that uh, in 2009, the president of the People's Republic of China came out and stated that China would be on the moon by 2012 mining helium-3. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as president of the Galactic government, I sent him a letter stating that we don't mind if he goes up to mine the properties as long as he has a license and agreement in place. Mm-hmm. If he chooses to ignore that request for the license and agreement, um, that his craft won't make it to its destination. Why not? Because we'll stop it. How? We have a mechanism in place right now that can stop any craft we so choose at this particular moment. You've got to be now, kidding. I, I, under, I, under, I don't... Understand I, this. <laughs> understand this. Uh-huh. There, are, um, there are ways to stop craft without actually injuring the craft at all, except for its directional and um, steering mechanisms. So let me understand this. You actually threatened a legitimate nation on Earth that if they went to No, the sir, moon, I didn't threaten anybody. It was not a threat. It was an opportunity for them to get a license and agreement in place. But I asked you what would happen if they didn't, and you said you would stop them. We would stop them. How can you stop It's st- up to them. If they so choose to ignore the license and uh-huh. agreement, that's on them. It's not on us. We're giving them an opportunity to do this fairly and legally. All right, so where is this weapon based, on Earth or on the moon or somewhere in between? I'm not going to discuss that. Hmm. So here you are, a little company that has, well, I shouldn't say a little company, I apologize for that. You're a company that sells land on the moon. You have eight ambassadors that are authorized retail representatives for you. When other nations, now have you also sent the same information to Russia, to India, and to the United States that if they go towards the moon, they do not have a licensing agreement with you, that you would stop it? We have not sent that to them yet because they haven't made the statement they want to go and build something of permanence, which is against the Outer Space Treaty of 1967. Well, I'm going to have to send this, uh, this interview to some people I know at NASA to get their replies and to see what they think. That's fine. Because I, I don't know, you know, like you're... you're you're t- it's a very interesting concept. It's very interesting. But whether or not you actually have claim to the moon and the other planets in the solar system is something else totally. Now, what are you? So you well, again. So wait a minute. Again, no. that is your opinion. So wait a second. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Mars is in the solar system. You claim. Yes. Okay. Did you send anything to NASA when they sent their probes to Mars? No, because in, in the Outer Space Treaty of 1967, it uh-huh. states that all nations shall have the right for exploration. They don't have the right to build anything of permanence because they cannot own the land. Well, if something is left on that planet, doesn't that mean it's a, it is part of something that becomes a permanent structure? For example, the bottom part of the limb. That became a permanent structure as soon as the top return capsule went up towards the command module. A permanent structure would be a building or something that was immovable. Um, You can still move the structure that held the limb when it was on the planet. Just like the Land Rover, you can move it. Uh All right, Dennis, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been... uh... A rather unique half hour here with uh, Dennis Hope, the so-called <clears throat> guy in charge of the planets. I don't know if it's... It's just strange, you know, when people think that they can actually just come up with these strange ideas and actually take people in for it. You know, $11 million. Oh, brother. And then again, he's got this propulsion system that is going to take them from Earth to the moon in 30 minutes. We'll have to talk more about this when we come back on the other side of the news. I'm sorry, not the news yet. But we'll have to talk when I come back from the other side of this commercial break. This guy's got me a little baffed. And we certainly are going to send a copy of this uh, interview to NASA and some other people who are a little bit more grounded. Hmm. Let me know what you think, Exxon Nation. Exxon at exxonradiotv.com is my email address. Oh, boy. I think this is where the term lunatic might be in place pretty well. I'll be back. Don't go away. 
And I'm trying to please to the calling of your heartstrings that play soft and low. And all the night's magic seems to whisper and hush. And all the soft moonlight seems to shine. What if someone told you you could live to be 120? Would you believe him? What if he told you the Bible guaranteed it? All you needed to do was follow his rules and buy his products. Would you do it? What if you invested 20 years of your life in him? What if he tested his substances on your child? What if your child became brain damaged as a result? Meet Dr. Tyler Belknap, a fast-talking Texas admin turned health guru. At the helm of a vast health food and supplement empire, he has established himself as the authority on nutrition and longevity. But what his followers don't know is that his products are laced with bizarre psychoactive substances from genetically modified plants developed in his very own secret lab. No wonder his customers can't stop using them. Tyler Belknap will stop at nothing to keep his edge in the market, even if it means experimenting on children. Chasing 120, a story of food, faith, fraud, and the pursuit of longevity, a novel from the pen of political cartoonist Monty Wolverton, is an easy and entertaining read full of rich characters and intrigue. It hits home in a world filled with all kind of hucksterism and offers a glimpse of what can happen when GMO technology falls into the wrong hands. Chasing 120 by Monty Wolverton. Get your copy today at www.ptm.org forward slash 120 or on Amazon.com. Hitcock is an expert in exorcisms, psychic warfare, soul healing, angelology, soul retrieval, demonology, energy healing, long-distance healing, astral healing, and much more. Nita is an interfaith minister because she believes all gods and goddesses are valid and that they are part of one divine force that is incomprehensible to us who are incarnated upon this earth. Nita has been doing astral healing, distant healing, spirit release, exorcism, house cleansing and blessings, soul restoring and revival, psychic vampire removal and curse removal, and much more for over 40 years. For more information or to contact Nita Hickok, visit her website at www.astralhealer.com. That's www.astralhealer.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Talk about a lunatic. My guest of this hour was Dennis Hope. Uh, he claims to have a PhD, and um, 
I've got to tell you something. Apparently, he has been candidate for the mayor and city council in the city of Rio Vista, California. He served as the president of the Chamber of Commerce, was chairman of the Airport Advisory Committee, and sat on four different board of directors for nonprofit organizations in Rio Vista. Uh, Hope was also awarded the Republican Congressional Gold Medal Award for Entrepreneurism in June of 2003. And along with uh, the award, he received the National Leadership Award and was made honorary chairman of the Business Advisory Leadership Council for the state of Nevada. Uh, geez, I wonder if his, uh, his embassy has slot machines in it. His uh, greatest uh, conquest in the realm of politics happened in 2004. He was con- constitutionally... Now, reckon, listen to this explanation. He was constitutionally recognized with two upper-level positions with the government, with the galactic government, by the way, which he decided to form. Uh, the first selection was made by voting citizens of the galactic government. Now, those are the people who got suckered into buying. And uh, was, uh, was to elect uh, Dr. Hope to be the first president of this newly formed Democratic Republic. Isn't it, isn't it funny how they decided to form their democratic government of the moon here on Earth? That's because they can't get there. And let me see. The second position held by Hope is CEO. This stands for Celestial Executive Officer and is a lifetime position. Oh, no kidding. That's why he said, you know, he's president now, but he's not going to run a second term. That's because he's already got something in the bag for the next time. I uh, hope we'll hold this position until his demise. And then the position goes, is terminated. Okay, so I wonder if he's going to be buried here on Earth or if that spacecraft they're developing is going to uh, zip him over into the moon in 30 minutes. All right, here you've got NASA with real legitimate people busting their nuts, busting their backs, giving it all their 100 to get out there. They can't do what he's going to do in less than five years, 30 minutes, Earth to moon, poof. And then he said that he basically told the government of India, well, listen, I don't mind you going to the moon, but you've got to pay me and buy a license. And if you don't, we'll stop you. If that's not a threat, I don't know what it is. This is scary. This is dangerous to think that you've got people walking on this planet who actually believe that they own part of the moon and that other people within their government, and I'm putting that in very loose brackets, in their government are actually building a spacecraft that will get them from Earth to the moon in 30 minutes. Time for a wake-up call. Reality check, people. Ding, 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 ding. Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, fairy tales. Let me see. The cow jumped over the moon. I wonder if they had any land and if they had to buy rights uh, from uh, from the galactic government either. Exonation. In my opinion, this is another case of another one bites the dust. Here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Machine guns ready to go. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Out of the doorway, the bullets rip. To the side of the beat, yeah. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone, and another one gone. Another one bites the dust, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna get you too. Another one bites the dust. Yeah.